0: Hey everybody! Welcome back to the Day Three podcast from Team Collective Effort. This is your host today, Brian, and I'm here with Dalton. What's up, Will? Hi, how's it going? And Marcos. Hey everybody! So today we're going to talk again about the state <laughs> of competitive Magic. <laughs> I feel like we just talked about that. But three but months ago. but there's been actual updates. There has been actual <laughs> updates. And if you read the actual updates and your head wasn't spinning, well, you're smarter than the four of us combined.
1: Or I don't believe you (laughs) that you actually read them, because (laughs) that was not reasonable.
0: So really today we're going to talk about how do we as low-level grinders get to what is the, the players tour now? Th- the Pro Tour, <laughs> the Mythic Tour. I mean, I skimmed the article, so like as far as I know, blood sacrifices. I don't know. I think if you throw together some sort of combination of Mythic and Player and Tour, you'll end up in the right ballpark. Yes. Yeah, and the the the, uh, the, you know, the, the, <laughs> the the patented trademark, whatever the red orange
2: color. Mythic players, Planeswalker Battle League Tour. <laughs> Where do I sign up?
1: <laughs> The reason there's so much confusion is because the article that was put out by Wizards of the Coast wasn't done in the most straightforward manner. Uh, so our goal today is to help you figure that out by us talking through it so that we
2: can figure it out. Because if you're anything like me, you looked at it and you're like, is this a dissertation or an article for like you know normal people to read? So I see, like, the, the flow
0: chart for change of Mephistopheles. <laughs> and that was easier to understand.
3: <laughs> yeah, we had to do a lot of jumping back and forth between different sections in that article to try and understand what the next thing they said was, which is just not good logical flow to anything. Yeah, so, you
2: know, the, the premise of this episode is uh, hopefully we can bumble through the article and what was said in a way that uh, that is easily digestible.
3: Yeah, I went into a lab the other day and came out like 36 hours later, like full out messed up hair and everything. But I think I might have figured it out. So we'll see. I don't know, Marcos, your hair looks
0: pretty impeccable. Why, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Yeah.
1: So I think, as you mentioned, a great place to start is going to be to try to put the terms that we have now been given and that have been thrown around and used and misused and actually put them into the context that they belong. You know, obviously we joked about mythic players, championship, whatever. As long as you have those words, people probably know what you mean. What's great is they are no longer using mythic
3: for everything, for
1: everything, (laughs) which RIP, you were fun while you lasted. Thanks for the what? Nine months.
3: No, you weren't. (laughs) All right. So, To kind of go into it a little bit more, we need to clarify what things are because we're going to be saying a lot of abbreviations and things as we're trying to walk through this. So let's just lay out what that comes to right at the start. Uh, So we're going to kind of equate previous versions of what these tournaments were towards what their current equivalent is or would be in this new system. So like we were saying, we had mythic championships beforehand, and primarily we had the old school, old school Pro Tour qualifiers and the recent return to Pro Tour qualifiers, which were called Mythic Championship qualifiers. Or the McQs. Yes, the McQs. <laughs> Terrible abbreviations. And I think Wizards actually heard how bad their abbreviations were because they decided to go to the old standby. Those are now gone and are replaced by Players Tour qualifiers. So we are back. The PTQs, which I think is overall net positive, mm-hmm. right?
2: Yeah, because all the embedded players, when you say PTQ,
3: they know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Yep.
2: Even I mean, if it's technically not the same, it's the same.
3: It's effectively the
2: same,
0: I think.
3: But I mean, it it,
2: it it does the same thing, but it's like, you know, players tour qualifier, not a pro tour qualifier.
0: Right. I, th- I feel like a lot of the, at least the more first preliminary sort of things, they're very similar to the pre-Mythic Championship era. Yes. The Pro Tour era, I suppose we'll call it. Yes. Yes.
1: And so, now bear with us here. Those are the Players Tour qualifiers that are taking the place of the larger local MCQs and PTQs of days gone by. The next word that we're going to throw at you uh, are the Player Tour events. Um, So these are not the Player Tour qualifiers, they're Player Tour events And they sort of take the place of what the regional Pro Tour qualifiers, the RPTQs were, or the Nationals Tournament that was hosted every year. So these are going to be abbreviated from this point as PTs. So keep in mind, this is no longer PT as in
0: Pro Tour. It is PT as in Players Tour Events. They should have at least done PTE so as not to convolute, you know, the Pro Tour of yesteryear and you know the players tour events now which aren't exactly the pro tour brian are you implying you wanted them to make sense
3: (laughs) (laughs) well actually i think they do because because with this the players tour is just a thing like the players tour is what we're all working towards we're not all working to get to the pro tour anymore we're going to the players tour and there are just individual players tour events that we'll get into in a little bit. So PTs does make sense. And most importantly, it's the same abbreviation we've used beforehand so that people won't get confused trying to say MCs or whatever it might be when really they've been saying for decades, we're going to the PT. PT day three.
1: Just kidding, they're two day events. One day events. <laughs> No, so the, the next step up from there is what would replace the Pro Tour, the old PT, as well as the Mythic Championships, which were, you know, the, the nine months of newer terminology for it. And those are going to be the Players Tour Finals. So as Marcos mentioned, Player Tour events are, you are on the Players Tour, you are at their events, Um, Anyone who is familiar with SCG, Star City Games, would recognize a similar model there. All of the events are in the Star City Games Tour, but you attend individual events. The Pro Tour Final, these PTFs, are similar to what we used to think of as the Pro Tour. This is the event, the big one that you are trying to get to. If you make it to the Pro Tour Finals, that doesn't mean you are the last two in the Pro Tour duking it out and messing up on Twitch. Uh, (laughs) No, what that means is that you are at this larger event. Congratulations on what you did. You still got a lot of magic to play.
0: So I think what you're talking about is the pro tour finals finals. Yes, if you
1: wanna make it to the final final two players
0: and then punch on Twitch live,
1: (laughs) you'll have to make it to the final finals. And this (laughs)
3: is why we're doing the abbreviations now to try to be on a good road for the rest of the discussion.
0: Yeah, I'll just still throw random letters, and it'll probably still make sense. But somebody, somebody, don't understand. <laughs> All right, let oh. me introduce you to the
1: QRKs um,
0: and the KGBs. <laughs>
1: Wait, hold on a second. The the last little bit that Wizards wants you to know about are the seasons. So this would be akin to like a sports league, uh, you know, a, a football season, an NFL, basketball season, baseball, whatever you want to think of it as. A season begins in August of each year and will proceed through July thirty first of the next year, and that is going to be the the one year period in which those events are considered to be linked together. So, as we move to this starting point of okay, well that's in August. What are we going to do till we get there? Wizards has decided that from July or sorry from January twenty twenty to July, 2020, we are going to see a half season. How exciting.
3: Another thing about seasons and maybe an easier way to remember them is it does fit in well with their typical historical product cycle. So normally the fall set is like the big set. Like that's the start of a new year of magic because that's when rotation happens and all that. And usually the end of each year is the core set which comes out in late June, early July. So you can see how they kind of tailored their seasons to go with their product releases. New exciting sets are coming out in the fall, so let's set up something before the fall so you can go. Um, the
2: core set does feel a bit like the off season. It was kind of uh, kind of odd how this core set didn't feel that way because we got Ooh. some really awesome new cards that this completely cool. warped the format. This core set was sweet. It really was. It was. I mean, I think the core set had a better net positive on the format than War of the Spark did. Fight me.
0: <laughs> well, considering that uh, the corset didn't print Three Fairy, oh my
2: goodness, or Narset, yeah, uh. all right. So, uh, I guess moving into like, uh, so went through the whole season schedule, blah 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 corset. So, like, starting from the bottom, started from the bottom, all right. And this, this specifically ties in with the paper magic or tabletop magic, as they're calling it now. Although that seems counterintuitive because usually <laughs> you put your computer on a table of some kind, you know, like a desk. You can't tell me what to do. <laughs>
1: Don't tell me I live my life.
2: There's desktop magic and there's tabletop magic. What about laptop magic?
1: Uh, those core <laughs> <light up> <laughs> No, and, and, and so the reason that we're going to talk about paper and tabletop magic here is because there is now a distinct difference um, mm-hmm. the, the route to your main event for tabletop magic is not the same route as your main event in digital at this point.
0: So make sure that if that matters to you, you pay attention. And yes. even in digital, there's the arena route and the magic online
3: route. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. for the purposes of this, magic online... Will be treated as tabletop magic. Yeah, because I think it is more the same (laughs) events. So this is really where we're gonna focus on a lot, and I think we'll probably spend most time talking here because this is most relevant to all of us right now, and most likely to a significant amount of our listeners. Which is just how do we start the grind up the ladder? How do we start working our way up to that level where we want to be at? Got to start from the bottom. So. Here's how you do it.
0: I mean, I'd like to think that there are players to our players out there listening to (laughs) us, but...
2: That would would be like a Mm. big win.
3: Hi, Sam Black.
2: I mean, he does brew kind of the sweetest decks usually. Mm.
3: He really does. Thank you for Amulet, by the way. It's my favorite. Aw, shout out.
1: (laughs) (laughs) If you ever want to be on the show, let us know. Happy to have you here.
0: Anytime. (laughs) So... We might be able to figure out a way to not awkwardly interview you. Yeah. Maybe. So we'll. No No promises. promises. (laughs) If we're
1: starting from the bottom here, let's assume that we've never dipped our toes in competitive events before. We're looking to get started. We're finally feeling ready to go. What's our
2: first step? Understand that you're going to lose a lot. Okay.
0: (laughs) What's our first first event? event? Yeah, you're four four owing F&Ms, and now you want to get really competitive.
2: All right, well, there's actually a few steps you can take, um, and we're going to kind of cover all these uh, as just qualifiers for getting to the player's tour, Uh, the first one of which is the PTQs, which, you know, we stated before, and those are the direct replacement for the MIC qualifiers or the MQs as wizards would like like to have called us, like to have had us call them. Speaking is difficult. (laughs) Well, you're on a podcast. I recommend getting better. Uh, Articulation is not necessary (laughs) for speaking.
3: (laughs) Great advice, Dalton. Get better, nerd. <laughs> yep. Get wrecked. <laughs> get good. Get good. Get good, scrub. All
2: right, and the uh, one of the other qualifiers is the WPN qualifiers. Um, those, there's multiple structures for those. Um, they, you know, single day, multi day, multiple events that feed into a single final event. And those are beginning this October, right?
3: Yes.
0: How are those different from a PTQ? They sound a <laughs> lot alike.
3: They well, are. they do, but there's actually a couple of key differences and I dug deep on the WPN article that announced these. So I have a couple of things to say on that. First off, the big thing here is that these are multi-day events if you want them to be, they can be a single day event or you can have multiple events feeding into it. So this gives a lot of stores the opportunities to hold their own qualifier series. Here's one big thing of, of how this is helpful for a lot of stores. Not every store can hold a 200 person PTQ because a PTQ has a minimum. You have to have at least, I think it's 192 players sign up, something pretty high where you need a lot of space. There's a lot of logistics that goes into that. For a WPNQ or a WPN qualifier, you can set up, let's say you're a store in maybe we'll say Midtown Manhattan that can only seat maybe 30 people at a time. You just don't have the space. So you can set up, here's our smaller tournaments that you can try to spike. Winners of each of these, let's say eight tournaments will feed into, or let's say top two or four, whatever it might be, from each of these tournaments will feed into our WPNQ finals, where we send everybody who won their tournaments and then winner take all at this tournament. So you can spread everything out over multiple events, multiple days, and just be more flexible with what your store needs.
2: Yeah, that's actually that's actually really cool. They can do stuff like that, um, especially you know, because as specifically you stated in Manhattan, space is really expensive. So to oh, be able to oh, hold yes. to be able to hold that many people is just they would never profit off that. And I know Reddit shaking their pitchforks, going like, "No, the card shops make all the money." Blah 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 blah. Um, but it's also nice because it gives that flexibility of. You know, like for me, especially um, having a child, if there's, you know, something going on, we have plans and all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, there's this PTQ and it's the only one in town for like a month. And it's like, well, we have plans that day. Well, with these WPNQs, you know, it's spread out over multiple days. So it's like, why well, I can make any one of these within this week or something like that. You know, if they hold like one a day for a week, it's like what well, I can make time to make at least one of those. If I spike it, then I plan to make, you know, the finals of it. Um, So that that flexibility is also nice for the player base as well as the stores.
3: Uh, Since we also love value here, I do want to point out one thing for all of our listeners to be very aware of, uh, which comes to the promos that you can get for participating in PTQs or WPNQs. Uh, So if you play in a PTQ, there is a guaranteed promo for everyone who participates in the PTQ. It is not the same for WPNQs. There, they're going to be limited. Uh, I believe they're capped at 32 promos. So, however they set up their tournament series, I believe only the top 32 finishers will actually get a Players Tour promo that are being handed out through this, which is definitely something to keep in mind.
2: But on on that note, um, that kind of makes sense in a way because you know these WPNQs are kind of set up. You know, they're going to be store individually run as opposed to PTQs are generally held on Sundays at Magic Fests, correct? Like 99%? Like, aren't 90% of them or so held in that fashion?
3: At the moment, yes, but, well, not really even, because now MCQs and PTQs are all held at stores, and they're like, the event I'm doing next week is an MCQ, which is basically the same thing as what you're finding on Sundays of a Grand Prix. Yeah, I'm also working...
1: Um, an MCQ on Friday at Grand Prix Indie this week. Uh, mm-hmm.
2: Or, sorry, at Magic Fest Indie this week. Whatever. So Everybody knows what you're talking about. There's <laughs> still a good split. <laughs> okay. Well, I, but I mean, it's like at one of these huge events, whereas, I mean, in, yeah, in our town... It brings least, it to the players. Yeah, in, in our... I mean, here mm-hmm. in Fort Wayne, I don't think we've ever had something that big that's held by one of our stores because there's just not the space
3: for it. The last time we had a PTQ in Fort Wayne was in December of 2014. It was the first PTQ I ever played in. It was also the last of the PTQ system before they went to the PPTQs. Their store doesn't seem big enough to hold 190 players. True, but this store that ran it uh, actually booked out a convention hall in Fort Wayne and hosted it Mm off-site.
2: Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, that'd be be the way you had to do it. Probably didn't profit, though. Like... I don't know how much convention running around here, but they're usually pretty expensive. I mean, the there.
3: MCQ I'm going to this weekend, it's being held in Manhattan, and the shop cannot host an MCQ. Yeah. So they are renting out a ballroom at a hotel in Midtown. Well, that's why you charge 80 bucks a head. 75, but yes. that <laughs> was close. I'll count it. Yeah, this is Price down. is Right. Oh, wait, no, I went over bowls. <laughs> <laughs> One dollar. <die. So> Brian <laughs> wins. And to go back a little bit to touch on the Players Tour Qualifier and WPNQs as well, uh, there's a really cool aspect of this new system where anybody running a PTQ is required to provide a travel provision for the winner. Uh, I, we've seen a lot of people who had to... Uh, call out to the magic community to help them get to the recent mythic championship. And that's not going to be an issue as much anymore. If you go through the PTQ or WPNQ systems.
2: Assuming all this time that I've spent trying to figure out how to word my GoFundMe has been wasted.
3: Yes. Well, <laughs> no, <it depends. laughs> because PTQs require travel rewards. Uh, WPNQs do not require them, but they are recommended. So it's effectively them saying, if you want to host these, you should really look for a way to be able to provide travel for the winner as part of your cost structure. Now, if they just say, no, we're not going to do that, they can do that. So you may still want to hold on to that GoFundMe page for now.
2: That's fair, because I mean... What- Give, uh, you know Paying for somebody to have travel to Barcelona is probably a little bit more expensive than just like, here's a box of product. <laughs> yeah.
3: Or just, trying to get them to go to Richmond.
2: Just give yeah. this box of product to the flight
1: attendant. They'll know what to do with it. Right. <laughs> so you have your PTQs, your player two qualifiers that can be found in and around your area. You have your WPNQs, which are potentially a smaller event series that will culminate into the ability to make it to the players tour. You also, and this is one I'm really excited to see, you have the ability to attend premier series events. And these events are held by other third-party tournament organizers that Wizards has determined to be of a satisfactory level to run these events. So, for example, the Star City Games Tour those are going to be events that are premier series. You have the Lat-Am Magic Series by Bazaar Baghdad as another potential tournament organizer that has been authorized to run these events. These are your huge tournament organizers that are already running highly competitive, large-scale events. And now by attending those, you have the chance to make it to the player's tour. It's not a separate series. It's still, as I mentioned, third party. You're not you know, it may feed into a different event as well, but you're still looking at an invite to the player's tour.
2: And like, especially with the SCG tour, this is huge because, um, you know, personally we know people that only play on the SCG tour because, well, one, it's better EV and like, the SCG Tour, they promote their players better than uh, Wizards of the Coast has done with the pro scene as of the last several years. Geographically, it's easier to attend. That as well. Yeah. But like, uh, you know, a bunch of people just like, you know, when you ask them if they'd rather play a GP, or sorry, if they'd rather go to a Magic Fest or like an SCG event, they're just like, oh, well, I'd rather go to the SCG event because it's, and they're very well run. They have better coverage, honestly, as much as like, that's a weird thing to say because It's third party, but you know, having been to SCG Mm -hmm. events before, they definitely feel smoother and they're they you know, it's a better production overall, in my opinion, as opposed to the several magic fests that I have gone to in the past.
3: Yeah, I'm really happy to see SCG get the chance to participate in funneling people towards the upper level of magic because man, their events are so good and their tournament series is so good and I love that you can dedicate your time there and still be rewarded by getting to the pro tour players tour PT and just getting to that upper level. So love, love seeing that.
2: And they have a ton of really good players in the SCG tour that just don't try to go to pro tours or MCs because the possibility of spending all this time and money to prepare for this event and, you know, the possibility of net positing I mean, for their time and money is so low that they're just like, well, it's not worth it. I rather just do the SCG tour because it's cheaper and I generally tend to get better value out of it.
0: Yeah, and I think it's something that we've mentioned before. Would I rather go to the Pro Tour or would I rather stay at home and stream because I've made a name for myself on the SCG Tour? Yeah. What's gonna be the better EV there? One of the the nice
1: consistencies here is that another way that you can make it to the Players Tour is through your, your friendly, local, and probably pretty distant Grand Prix event. <laughs> um, Alright, so if you can make it to a Magic fe- a Magic Fest, if you sign up for that Grand Prix event, and you are able to make it to Top 8, then you have also received an invitation to the Players Tour. Yay! Yay. So, if you make it to the Top 8, Yes, you get that invitation to the Players Tour. Now, if you are the winner of said Grand Prix event, or if your team is the winner of a Grand Prix event, then you will receive an invitation straight to the Players Tour finals. You don't have to mess with all that other stuff. You are going straight to the top if you wanna rock
3: and roll. Now of note, right now, there has been a big discussion amongst people on Twitter after these changes were announced, talking about how this current system isn't really great at rewarding consistent finishes at Grand Prix events. Uh, So if you're just like consistently doing well and basically where the silver level of the pro players club from the previous iteration, uh, where that was, there isn't really an equivalent in this current system. However, WotC has been saying on their Magic eSports Twitter that they are looking into options for rewarding consistent finishes at Grand Prix. So this does enable people if they were fond of going to Grand Prix events every single week and really doing consistently well on those that there will be something for them TBD.
2: That's good because I mean even topping a Grand Prix event requires a fair amount of luck just based on the, you know, the inherent variance of Magic, you know, even if oh, you have a yeah. good deck it's You know, you could just mulligan the four in the finals and lose.
0: Wow. (laughs) (laughs) It it, it really takes a good player to consistently top 32.
3: And then finally, after all of those events, so we've gone through PTQs, WPNQs, the Premier Series events like the SCG Tour and the Latin Magic Series, and Grand Prixs. uh, As beforehand, you can still also qualify for the Players Tour, by doing well on Magic Online PTQs, they'll just continue as they always have, and they will feed into the paper-slash-tabletop side of competitive Magic play. Anyways, we should
2: probably move on to our next segment, which would be the Players Tour, or the PT. Uh, These events are regional. We will have the Americas region, which includes North and South America, for those of you that know geography or do not know geography. It will include Europe as well as the APAC region, which is awesome. The APAC finally has you know, like some significant representation in the Magic World because they've been so underrepresented in the past. It's like, yeah, you have your couple of GPs here and there and you get winners from that, but largely as a whole, they haven't had their own thing that is
3: known in the pro scene. For sure. And for that, each of those three regions is going to have three regional players tour events each year. So each of those three sets, so the Americas will have one, Europe will have one, APEC will have one. Each of those three will feed into the next Players Tour finals. And that'll happen three (coughs) times throughout the year. On top of that, the Players Tour events will earn you what are now called Players Points. I believe these are pretty much what Pro Points used to be, but these are now Player Points for the things that we're going to get into in a bit. But just know that if you want to start earning the points that are specific towards getting towards the upper echelon of all the specific leagues that there are, then you earn them at the players tour events. And then from there, the highest ranked players from all of these player tours will advance to the players tour finals. Also for the players tour events, uh, the regional events, specifically, <coughs> it's not based off of your overall standings in these events your invitation, the top X, will actually be determined off of your record. So overall, there's not really any benefit for you to go to another region that has less competitors there because it's easier for you to spike. What's important is getting the right number of match points based off of your current record in the event. That's how they're going to determine who makes it to the players tour finals, which is important because if you qualify for a players tour event, You can actually go to any one of these regional events that you want to based off of whatever circumstances you may have, Uh, but they're not incentivizing you to try to go to the smaller one because it's easier to win.
1: And at this point, I want to put out the reminder that this is the system for tabletop and magic online that we are going through. So keep in mind that when you start playing on arena, things will change for now. If you are one of the highest-ranking players from a Players Tour, uh, or if you had won a Grand Prix event, then you have successfully made your way to the Players Tour Finals. Um, mm-hmm. As a reminder, of course, Players Tour Finals being the big event that is across the world, the global
2: event. It's not just like the final two players. So I was gonna say um, I was just gonna iterate the fact that the Player Tours Finals are. Um, they are going to be more prestigious than like a mythic championship would be currently. There's less of them. There's a bigger prize pool. There's less players. It's more. What is the word I am
0: looking for? Prestige. Pres- yeah, prestigious and exclusive. Yeah, yep. you have earned this. So would those <laughs> then would those players tour events be more analogous to the mythic championships, or is it probably is the mythic probably championship be kind that. of in the middle?
3: I th- They're I think kind of in between what regional Pro Tour qualifiers or nationals were beforehand and what the current Pro Tour is, because like it's not as big as the global Pro Tour is now or the global Mythic Championship is now, but it's not—it's definitely above what like a regional Pro Tour qualifier or nationals were mm-hmm. before. Right.
1: So across the globe, there are going to be three Players Tour Finals events each year. So three Players Tour Finals events each year, each one fed. By one player's tour event from each region. So the globals will be, you'll get players from all across the world in these. It's not just, you know, if there were 10 people that were higher ranking than the ones in APAC, we're not only going to see those 10 that did better, we're going to see everybody there, which is great. So you may have mentioned, heard us talk about the Magic Pro League from an earlier episode. And I promise you, we will get to that in a second. That is just the easiest point to feed in the the blurb there. So the Players' Tours Finals are, as we mentioned, equivalent to the Mythic Championship, the Pro Tours of previous days past. The invites go to the top finishers from the uh, Players' Tours, the top finishers from previous Players' Tours Finals events. So if you do well one year, you are likely to get invited back for the next year each Grand Prix winner in a qualifying season, as well as all 24 Magic Pro League members. So those are the ways that you are uh, more or less automatically in for the Magic Players Tour Finals.
2: Yep. Yikes. That's a lot there, to remember. It is. It is. It, it's, it's also you know fair to say that this is going to be a very, very competitive high-skill event. Yeah, so we expect that, or Wizards expects rather,
1: that Players Tour Finals will have about 120 players per Players Tour Final, with a prize pool of 250,000 for each of the Players Tour Finals. As mentioned, there will be three each year, so you're looking at a total of 750,000 in prizes among the three Players Tour Finals for paper slash tabletop and for Magic Online players. If you've qualified for the players tours final and the players tour, you can play in both. So if you win the grand prix and you top eight another one, mm-hmm. go play both. Go get that money. Go get them player points because <laughs> yeah. they'll help you get into the rivals league.
2: Yeah. Oh
3: yes. And
1: then uh as we alluded to earlier, earning enough player points from the players tour or the players tour finals will get you into the rivals league. If you don't make it you can continue to play in the Players Tour events based on your record. So the, the Rivals League is more or less the stepping stone into the Magic Pro League. If you are interested in becoming one of the contracted streamers for Wizards of the Coast, one of their annual employees, the MPL and the Rivals League are what you are looking for. So make sure to get as many player points as you can to make that happen.
2: Well, actually, they they removed this the streaming contract, so they no longer are required to do that because it kind of didn't work out well for a lot of the MPL members. Uh, you know, their streams didn't really take off uh, because streaming it's already you know this embedded community, and it wasn't you know it's kind of weird to force somebody to do something when they're not enjoying it or making money off it. So instead, what they're doing is offering these appearance fees for these rivals league and MPL members, where they're getting paid to show up to play in these events which overall is probably going to be better publicity for Watsi as opposed to saying, hey, sit at your computer and show the internet you have playing Magic for four hours, as opposed to, hey, let these people, we'll pay you to be competitive. Whereas, you know, you can stream and not be competitive. But right, It's
0: two totally different skill sets to be a good streamer and exactly. to be a good competitive Magic player. Some people have both. Exactly. Um, some people are just
2: good streamers, and some people are just good competitive Magic players. It's, I haven't, you know, watched Reed Duke stream personally, but I hear a lot of people say he doesn't like interact well with the chat or something like that. Like I've seen some of his videos, and for what I want out of his videos, he explains the lines he's taking and what he's doing very well, and that's what I want out of it. But as like an interaction streamer type situation, it's like that's not what Twitch is about. It's not just like here's what I'm playing. This is why I'm playing it chat wants you to to talk to them to interact with them and it's very hard to focus on playing magic while talking to a group of strangers on the internet
1: yeah there's a huge difference in priority there are you educating are you entertaining or are you simply promoting um i, I think i really do like these changes as well because it allows these players to keep participating in the events that keep them in the magic pro league it gives them skin in the game Yes. If you are paid to attend these events and you are paid to be competitive, you know, you're know you not necessarily being paid to... It, it's not like they're going to make you win no matter what. Things aren't <laughs> fixed, of course, but by showing up and attending more events, you're, you're giving yourself the ability to earn more player points, to retain your spot in the Magic Pro League. You are fighting for your job here, which is great.
0: Well, and that makes just a competitive Magic your job. You don't have to worry about trying to beg for subscribers on Twitch <laughs> or plea for people to go check out your Patreon or do wild it's antics on Patreon. YouTube. Hey, what? we have a Patreon? <laughs> <laughs> Patreon. But it really lets those really competitive players just be competitive players and really elevate the game.
2: Yeah, exactly. And you know, again, the whole streaming thing is, it's entertainment. That, that's what it comes down to. Hypothetical here. Say somebody was like definitively the best magic player in the world, like they were just on a tear for an entire year just demolishing everybody. Hi, hello, I'm here. Okay, fair. <laughs> but like, say say, okay, then say Dalton, you were streaming. <laughs> yep. And as you're streaming, you're just saying, I'm making this play because, I'm making this play because that would not be entertaining to watch. No. As, well, not for the as, people. Education, as, as educational as that would be to like try and understand how they're thinking. It'd just be so boring, it'd be difficult to watch, and I feel that was somewhat unfair of Watsi to force (laughs) these competitive players to probably a lot of them jump outside their comfort zone and try and entertain people when it's like, that's a whole different job.
1: If I may, would you rather watch March of the Penguins or Happy Feet?
2: Happy Feet. There you go. Although, <laughs> didn't, didn't Morgan Freeman narrate much of the English I think so. Yeah, so. That's, that's not really one. fair, though. <laughs> if you take out Morgan Freeman narrating it, then we have a real discussion. I'm just going to make a similar
0: point. <laughs> <laughs> it's a documentary versus an action movie. Yeah. yeah. But it's a
2: documentary with Morgan Freeman, so... Well, about, okay, fine. We'll
0: compare it to a Ken Burns film? <laughs> no shade, but sorry, to Oof. <laughs> Oof. Uh, versus a, you a know, little shade there. ...multi-billion-dollar action movie five. <laughs>
3: All right, so we went from the bottom and started climbing up towards the upper levels and we're gonna get more into the Magic Pro League and Rivals League in a bit, but now we have to start from the bottom on Arena, which is another avenue that you can use to climb up to the top. If you don't have enough stores nearby you or you're in a more remote area or just don't wanna play Paper Magic, totally fine. You can get to the upper levels by playing Arena. So on Arena, it really all starts with your Arena ranking. The invitations to any of the higher-up tournaments in Arena will require you to be in the top 1,200 Mythic-ranked players on Arena each season. So all these Mythic Championship qualifier weekends they had, all based off of your top 1,200 Mythic-ranked players. Similar thing is continuing forward, only now this is going to get you to different events. So what kind of events are we talking about? anything on that. So outside of your Omniscience drafts and your Cation events, you're also gonna have two new tournaments that are gonna be featured on MTG Arena. The first one being the Mythic Point Challenge Tournaments. So the Mythic Point Challenge Tournaments uh, are specifically just to help you earn Mythic Points. Uh, You qualify for that if you are in the top 1200 Mythic-ranked players on Arena each season in either constructed or limited. The tournaments only award Mythic Points. Which are the new point system that is implemented for ranking up on Arena? Like players' points are for the tabletop uh, rankings. You get no invites to any. But wait, there's more. (laughs) You get no (laughs) invites to any other tournaments with the Mythic Point challenges. But it's a good way for you to grind Mythic points outside of those tournaments and just help you climb the ladder that way towards getting an Arena qualifier spot in the high. Uh, And so to
1: clarify here. Uh, Arena uses the word mythic a lot. (laughs) I want you to be aware of that as we continue here. Being one of the top 1200 mythic ranked players has nothing to do on its own with mythic points. It is just you are in the mythic tier of the ranking ladder and you are in the top 1200 there. That inherently gives you zero mythic points. Inherently means nothing more than you can access these events. Once you start playing, that is how you get the points.
0: It sucks to be 1201. <laughs> oh, yeah.
3: <laughs> Big oofs. Yeah. It's kind of like in the old national system where you had to have a certain amount of planeswalker points to qualify to play mm-hmm. in nationals. Yes. Yeah. Same thing. So
1: the Mythic Point Challenge tournament is the one where you can just earn more Mythic points. Your other option as a player in the top 1200 ranked players is the Mythic Qualifier events. Um, So these are available for you. Um, There are two Mythic Qualifier events for each Mythic Invitational every year. So if you are in the top 1,200 in Constructed or Limited and you are interested in playing in the Mythic Qualifier, they're going to host two of those events each year for each of the Mythic Invitationals, which there are three of per year. So three Invitationals, two Mythic Qualifiers apiece. You're looking at six Mythic Qualifier events in the season, the the Year of Magic. Uh, These Mythic Qualifiers are two-day tournaments, and everyone who makes day two will begin to earn Mythic points. The top 16 finishers in these Mythic Qualifier events are going to be invited to the next Mythic Invitational. So this is our fourth different use of the word mythic as far as Arena is concerned. <laughs> so we're going
2: to have to really focus as we move forward. If my math is checking out on this, does that mean each mythic invitational will only be 32 players?
0: Where no. are these other players going to come from? Enlighten us.
3: Funny you should ask. So let's talk about the mythic invitationals. There will be three Mythic Invitationals each year, like Dalton mentioned, and those Mythic Invitationals will consist of 24 entrants from the MPL. You'll have 32 entrants from the top 16 of the two Mythic Qualifiers that feed into that Mythic Invitational. You will have a certain amount coming from the Rivals League as well as some discretionary invites, both of which they did not specify exactly how many are going to be there. So the exact numbers are a little bit up in the air on the Mythic Invitationals, but they have given some space for discretionary invites and making your way there through the Mythic Qualifiers to compete with the MPL and the Rivals League. And I'd
1: say you're probably looking at, I'd say maybe eight players, just thinking about this from a a tournament standpoint, is if you have all 24 players from the MPL, all 32 from the Mythic Qualifiers, That's going to give you 56 players for the event. Another 8 gets you an even 64, which is a really good tournament number. Uh, So I wouldn't be surprised if 8 is the number. That is me theorizing, though, and is by no means set in stone. Discretionary is a really fun word for (laughs) you
2: can do whatever you want. But at least they're telling us that they might do that at some yeah. point rather than just out of nowhere. It's like, hey, these people are showing up to this event for money that you tried to get into. <laughs> Wait a second. You you put all this money in
1: on Arena to get everything you needed, but I like this guy, so he's in.
2: Hey, number nine <laughs> on the Mythic Ladder. You're out. This dude that plays Hearthstone is in. <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: And of course, of note, all the Mythic Point Challenges, Mythic Qualifiers Day 2s, and the Mythic invitationals themselves will all award Mythic Points. Uh, yes, the rich get richer.
2: So just to reinforce everything that we've been talking about here, uh, a good shorthand is if it has something to do with players, it's going to be paper slash tabletop. If there's like more Mythics attached to it than is necessary, that's going to be Arena. Yeah. Or Standard. Because you're not a player if you're on Arena. Got it. Yeah, you're a Mythic. You're a
0: Mythic person. Can't confirm. Play very little Arena. Uh, The deck I'm running right now, I don't think has any Mythics.
2: Yeah, can we get a player point to Mythic point exchange right here?
0: Come on, want to cash out my Mythic points
2: (laughs) and buy more player points?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to drive anywhere, so I want all my player points in digital.
2: (laughs) I mean, seriously though. Big Big mood.
3: mood. (laughs) So, I mean, realistically, there is a way to kind of convert that. And that's where the Rivals League... So, the Rivals League. It's a thing.
1: It certainly is. So, the MPL is a a known quantity, more or less. We've talked about that previously. It's, you know, the highest standard of players that Wizards of the Coast designates. Um, New with this update to Organized Play is the Rivals League. So this has been described as a talent development league akin to something like a minor league for a professional sport that will feed into the Magic Pro League. Um, essentially, it's a stepping stone to get from being a high caliber, high quality, high ranking placing individual into the Magic Pro League and can be viewed as more or less a pool of candidates that could make it to the MPL in case someone... You know, for whatever reason, has to leave, drop out, or whatever, is no longer able to compete.
2: For <laughs> all of you that can't see what's going on, there are some looks going around because things were omitted.
0: Oh, yes. What, what level gets our um, unedited show notes? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. If you want to know what got edited out, <laughs> you got to hit that page. Yes, in case somebody gets booted for things like cheating or harassing women. So there could be any number of reasons like that,
3: like those things. Also where'd all these clouds come from? That's a lot of shade. (laughs) (laughs) So the rivals league is going to consist of 46 players. That's a really weird number. It's a very odd number, (laughs) but they've actually defined how each one of those is laid out. So the 46 players will be made up of the 1st through 12th ranked digital players who were not previously in the MPL. So digital being through arena, if you've ranked top 1st through 12th in Mythic Points, you can get into the Rivals League. It also consists of the 1st through 12th ranked tabletop players, so players points, again, not previously in the MPL. It takes the bottom 12 players from the MPL gauntlet which is another new thing, we'll get there, I promise. But bottom twelve players from the MPL Gauntlet, the bottom four players from the previous MPL season. So if you are in the bottom four of the MPL, you're just directly relegated to the Rivals League. And then there are six discretionary invites from Wizards directly. So do you think I could just like tweet at
1: Wizards and ask for one of those? You definitely can do that. <laughs>
3: you absolutely can and should because the worst thing they can say is no and the best thing they can do is just say yeah why not we
1: have 46 players in the rivals league but what exactly does that mean what are they going to be doing in the rivals league
2: hopefully playing magic ideally (laughs) but i'm sure they're not just playing magic no they're not just playing magic um these rivals league players they'll be invited to the player tour events um, as well as the Rivals Mythic Qualifiers. Um, and this gets back into our appearance fees, where these Rivals League players can earn up to, potentially, uh, rough estimates, I think. Wizard said about $20,000 um, in appearance fees, and that does not include any of the prizes they might win from the tournaments. Um, and like we said before, there's no contracts for them to stream or anything like that. It's just, hey, you show up to this event, you get a paycheck, you work for your money.
3: It's basically like working a sales job where you have a base salary plus commission. Yes, although your salary
2: might be more than your commission. All right. True. Now,
3: the moment you've all been waiting
2: for, we're finally going to talk about the MPL. We've only alluded to it like eight times in the last hour. After editing, it's probably not going to be nearly that long. <laughs>
0: that's, that's the Mythic Players League, right?
2: <laughs> uh, sure. We'll go with that. Let's confuse all the people. Anyway, the MPL they did take it down. Um, what was it, 36 players currently? It's going down to 24. Uh, they're going to be earning um, appearance fees as well. Uh, it looks like it's going to be up to about 50000 Again, they can also earn additional prizes from the tournaments. Their appearance fees do not include any prizes they may win. And we finally, uh, we have an answer of who stays and who goes on the MPL rather than just this People have disappeared, and people have been invited, and how do they determine these things? They actually have a system in place for players to move up into the MPL and get relegated out of the MPL. So the answer is, if you are in the top 16
1: players of the MPL at the end of each season, which is our new magic word for year, uh, you will stay in the MPL until the next season. So if you are in the top 16, then you are good to go. That leaves eight players behind. The bottom four players, not eight, bottom four in the MPL will be relegated to the Rivals League and will not compete in the MPL Gauntlet.
0: So they're just straight up booted. Yes.
1: Yeah. How exciting. And then from there, the top two ranked uh, in players' points and the top two ranked in Mythic points will be offered... Their chance to enter the MPL directly. So, this would be coming from the players with the highest players' points and the players with the highest mythic points that are not the top 16 members in the MPL already to replace the bottom four participants who were removed, and then they will not compete in the MPL gauntlet. So, that leaves four players from the MPL in flux. Those four players will enter the MPL Gauntlet. So Marcos, what does that actually mean?
3: (laughs) The MPL Gauntlet is actually really saucy, I'm not going to lie. So the MPL Gauntlet they're introducing as an end-of-the-season tournament that's going to decide who from the Rivals League gets promoted up and elevated into the MPL and who of those four influx players will be removed along with the bottom four players. So, the MPL Gauntlet will be a 16 player tournament. You're going to have, and these numbers are going to sound a little weird, but you're going to have the 17th through 20th ranked players. So, 17th, 18th, 19th, 20th, who are in the MPL. So, again, not the last four, but the next four from the bottom. They're going to compete in the MPL Gauntlet. So, there's four players there. You have the third through eighth ranked in the Rivals League tabletop players. So, the ones who've gotten most player points there. Uh, third through eighth ranked, they're going to get in there. So three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So six players there. Uh, because remember, the top two automatically get into the MPL. And same thing for the Arena Mythic Points earners in the Rivals League. Third through eighth will go into the MPL Gauntlet. So another six players there, which is getting us to uh, the full total 16 players that will compete in the MPL for these last four slots. The top four finishers in the MPL Gauntlet. Will earn their MPL contract. The bottom 12 finishers in the MPL gauntlet will end up in the rivals. Yeah, that seems
0: simple enough. Yeah, and then, so theoretically, the four players, the second to bottom four players of the MPL that enter the gauntlet could come back out of the gauntlet as yes. MPL again.
2: I mean, technically, they're probably favored to come back out of the gauntlet as MPL players again. But Magic is a high variance game, so we'll see what happens.
3: But you gotta earn it, and you gotta that, want. That is true.
2: So basically, shorthand: just be like the top eight of players and yeah. stuff, and you'll be good. Just be just be number one forever, and yeah, just be number you'll one. You'll be fine. Just be number one, no. number one forever. You know, I'm gonna take that advice. All right, no, I'm just gonna start this. doing that now. Yep, just win all the time. All right. So now that we've covered the MPL and the MPL gauntlet and all the just crazy awesome players moving around that it is, finally the premier event. Which is going to be the World Championship, which we thought was going to be going away with the Mythic or the Mythic Championships, uh, but the World Championship is here to stay, as far as we know, and it is, you know, the very top of competitive play, the most prestigious event of the year, and uh, the only news that we have currently right now is that normally it takes place in December. Uh, But for 2019, it's actually been pushed back to February of 2020. And then it will be beginning to move to the end of each season, you know, starting with the 2021 season. Um, So it'll be moved to July. Correct, Marcos?
3: Yep, July 2021.
2: And the winners of each Mythic Invitational and each player's Tour Finals, uh, they will be invited to the World Championships, as well as other slots that will be announced in 2020 before the start of each full season.
3: But what does it all mean? What does it all mean? Well, for the majority of players, for the competitive players, this is basically going to be the structure that we're going to have for the foreseeable future. Because of the time that it'll take to transition into the new structure, because remember, we still have a half season that goes through starting in January of 2020, going all the way through the end of July, before the first official season even starts in full. So... There probably won't be any changes or any large dramatic changes made to this structure for at least the next year and a half, probably at least the next two or three years at the earliest. So this is going to be how Magic works for competitive players in the future. To start, you have to figure out how you want to approach competitive Magic. Do you want to dedicate your time to Arena? Do you want to play tabletop? Do you want to do both? Do you have the time to do both? how in the world would you even do that yeah because i mean think about it if you dedicated time to both
2: how bad would it feel to be 13th ranked in both players' points and mythic points (laughs) just like man you almost got there twice yeah i feel like that's
1: one of those things where you kind of have to hope that uh you know you you spike the gp
2: and then if you don't spike the gp you just drop and go play arena yeah i mean i honestly that that sounds reasonable that sounds like Mm -hmm. the right way to go if you want to go to gps and that personally i'm i'm probably going to stick to arena because you know the child and i don't have time to travel or well money to travel so Mm -hmm. yeah that's how i'm going to be doing it
3: and ultimately just look at the beginning steps and really focus on how you can succeed best for your play style like will saying he's going to stick to digital there's a good chance i'm going to stick to digital as well just because traveling around to events from where i'm at right now isn't as easy as it was when i was back in fort wayne so i'll probably just be sticking to magic online and or arena myself but that's just based off of my circumstances it's up to all of you to figure out what's the best approach for you are you better at grinding through scg tour stops in which case do that kill it crush it and earn that invite through the scg tour or wherever makes yeah, sense. yeah because
2: you can finally go to scg events and make your way to Pro tour, player tours, whatever we're calling them now—the PTs, PTFs, those things—they
0: they they mix and match too. You can do well at an SCG tour event here. You can do well at a GP event at a Magic Fest here. You can do well at a (laughs) players tour qualifier over here, and get enough players points where you don't have to sit and do, you know, four SCG tour events. Or do really well at four GPs.
2: Yeah, you don't have to say, "Oh,
0: I need I need my pro
2: points for the you know for the season." But the only GP coming up is you know a sixteen hours drive across the country or a, a plane ticket, and it's like, okay, well, you know, right. Instead, can I afford that?
0: Instead, you can go to a local, maybe a WNPQ. It will probably be fewer player points, but it'll yeah. be
1: not zero exactly. And that's one of those things where, you know, if, if the stores really do have smaller events, you know, theoretically, if you ran eight, eight events of 32 players apiece, you're looking at, uh, you know, about 250 something players in an event, that's a reasonable size for something like a, a pro tour qualifier or regional pro tour qualifier of the past, or th- those are the size of events you would imagine. So yeah, if you show up to your FNM, you you win an eight-player event, you go five-zero, and it was great. Now you're really close to, you know, you just have to do that one more time, and hey, look, you're in the pro tour or the players tour, and and that's you know maybe hardly any different from what you're already doing at a local store level. Yeah, you don't know how bad
2: I am at FNM. <laughs> oh, I've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we we're consistently playing against each other at the bottom tables, <laughs> right? I'll have you know, I was at table three the
0: other night. Round one, hey. right?
2: Hey, <laughs> Marcus Patrick and I were at table one at GP Detroit, and it was not round one.
3: Hmm? Oh, Whoa. it was yep. round two. Table one at round, <laughs> two. and then we lost of every GP match. Detroit doesn't
2: matter. You're table one. Yes, <laughs> we were. We were table one at round two, and then we lost every match after that and dropped.
3: Hey, we got one table one that was not round one. <laughs> I'm okay. It's a win. I heard it wasn't <laughs> getting the, getting the table one required
2: us to win. It okay. was a win. There you
3: go. Another big point to mention, uh, in the overall competitive scene, if you're to do the math and figure out how many invites are being handed out now to these upper echelon level events, the total number of invites is going up dramatically. So previously in a year, you had to be one of about 1800 people lucky enough to get an invite to the pro tour. Now, the total number of invites for the players tours are going to go up to 3,200. So way more opportunities, way more invites for people to get up to that higher level and start participating more at the more competitive level. So I know we don't
0: necessarily have hard numbers do you think that that's approximately proportionate to the number of new players from arena?
2: Ooh, that that no is idea. an excellent question. Um, as far as like people that are like super competitive on arena, th- that'd be a, a you know a different question because you also have people like you know like me that I you know I was trying to grind these weekend events and you know, PPTQs under the old system under paper and play on Magic Online more. And now I almost strictly just play Arena. Like, I, I've been to one FNM in the last, what, three months?
0: Yeah, I know it would be a fuzzy number. It's one thing to ask, do you play Paper? Do you play Arena? Or had you an- ever played Paper? Yeah, it's another thing to ask, on a scale of 1 to 10, how competitive do you think you are in Paper? And how competitive do you think you are in Arena? Yeah. Like, I'm... Not very competitive in arena at all, and I'm uh, probably only slightly more competitive in paper at the moment. <laughs> all right, so guys, for our weekly segment of the week, trademark this week, we'd like to talk about what paths are we going to be excited about pursuing for our own individual way to the pro tour, pro league players tour, making money long. playing magic. The PT, we could do that streaming. <laughs> Without without doing, you know what I meant. Being a professional magic player. Yes. Somehow, get to the. Uh, we'll team. start with Marcos. What do you think?
3: Oof. So for me, I'm really excited about pursuing two options. One is arena. That is probably going to be my primary. I've been able to hit mythic before, so just trying to get better to the point where I can get to the top 1200, if possible. Um, I would love to be able to get the invites from the scg tour because i love the scg tour in case you haven't noticed by now and i just really want to see if there's any way that i can make that my primary way of playing in tabletop <coughs> uh just because mcqs and all that or ptqs now are so much more spiky as opposed to long-term fun over the scg sure. tour so look for me on arena sure. and maybe at an okay SCG tour. okay uh will what do you think
2: uh, well, due to the constraints of uh, being able to travel, having the child, and uh, not a lot of disposable income for travel and buying multiple decks, it's going to be Arena for me. If uh, you don't know, catch me in gold, uh be trying to work my way to Platinum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those Platinum discretionary invites.
1: Yeah, well... <laughs> it could happen.
0: There's no rules for those. Hey, there
2: you go. I just need to stop switching decks so much. That's really all I need to do. Yeah. Pick one and... And get in on it. Yeah, that's how I got to that's that's how I got to plat, the last season before this one. So, I'm
1: really looking forward to Arena as well just because uh for these past few months I haven't had a computer that could run it. Now that I do, I'm really excited to see what I can do on Arena. Yeah, at no the time updates. that we we're recording this, I believe the new season started yesterday. Yes. So, uh I'm very excited now that I actually am starting off with the computer at the beginning of the season to see where exactly I can get. I'm also really looking forward to these WPNQs, queues, uh, the more store-level, smaller-sized yeah. events, because I'm really excited to see more stores have that opportunity. Now, we don't exactly know how many are going out, what level of store, exactly the caliber that you need, but I can only imagine that we'll see more quality game stores with the chance to make that happen. It's not just going to be the one that, happens to be a town where their rents insanely cheap or whatever it's it's going to get
3: so i know for a fact that wpn premium stores will absolutely be able to run these and then if you're not premium you can apply to run a wpn yeah
1: so i'm excited to see these stores that are clearly excelling in what they do and providing a good service i'm excited to see them succeed no i
0: think i think i'm with you on this one the WNPQs and those paper player tour qualifiers sound like a pretty good time. I haven't really done very many large competitive events. Mm-hmm. So I think it'd be really exciting to go in there, at least at the WNPQ level, and see what I can't do. Uh as a side note, the first promo for the player tour qualifiers is a cryptic command and it looks pretty sweet. Alright, I added my statement, I'll be joining on one of those.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Everybody right. who shows up
3: I'm gonna be at an MCQ. Anybody who shows insane. up to those
0: player tour qualifiers gets one. That's you awesome. show up, you I don't know, sit down, you eat some of your cards, and then you leave. Sure. And wait, mean, you what
3: was that last <laughs> one before it leaves? <laughs> you eat the tasty cards. Oh. <laughs> okay. Just not the promo. But I thought, one, that, that one I thought that because that one had. I thought that's why yet. they give it to you though. Oh, you have to you have to age it on yeah. your own. Yeah, it's not ripe yet. It's like an avocado. You have like a two-day window for it to be really tasty. And then after I that... Like it's the bananas ready. on like counter, kind of oh, like they were like an
0: avocado. Do you think if you take a brown paper bag, it would be done by finals? Dep- depends <laughs> on temperature, humidity level. Oh, it's going to be humid in that, humid and hot in that store. You know it. Hey, remember that time that we talked about magic on our podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we're not talking about magic? We're talking about... Aging a cryptic command in a brown paper bag that is in magic. a WPN premium store. Is it Maro's bag? Is the card in there? <laughs> hey, if
3: now? LSB can use a guacamole <laughs> recipe as his sign-off for limited resources, we can absolutely talk about aging magic cards to be the most delicious they can possibly be. What wine would you pair it with? None, because wine is nasty. Ooh, hot take!
0: It's a more
3: bitter. Uh, I would go with red a wine <laughs> only if you have circle of protection. Yeah, I'm just
0: going with the actual flavor of the cards. I think it pairs well with a full-bodied red. This one pairs well with a really nice blue black. Uh, <laughs> everything pairs well
1: with bourbon.
3: <laughs> a good flavored hoplite?
1: Yeah, it's got hint of what blueberry and blackberry currants. Yeah, there you go.
2: <laughs> Magic wine tasting. <laughs> Let's wrap it
3: up. All right. So
0: with that, after this whole headache, head spin, head rolling, I think we're done here. I know, and we still were messing up acronyms at the end. (laughs) Yeah. It's just (laughs) alphabet soup, really. (laughs) You're not wrong.
3: (laughs) Hopefully we laid it out well enough that everybody can kind of extrapolate. You can also just
2: listen to it again, and eventually you'll get it.
0: Maybe we should put out a Chains of Mephistopheles-style flowchart with actually casting Chains of Mephistopheles in the middle somewhere. (laughs) Oh, please don't. If you would
1: go to a player's tour, but it's not your first player's tour you've been through, you instead have to drive away from the player's tour. And go to Rivals? And
2: go to Rivals. Oh, oh, hey! (laughs) (laughs) Bye, Marcos. All right, all right. We're taking over here.
3: (laughs) Oh, man. All right. Well, I guess with that, make sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you could leave us a review, that would be super helpful. And you can also find us on YouTube at Collective Effort MTG. If you want to reach out to us, you can email us at teamcollectiveeffort at gmail.com. You can also find us on all social media at CE for team collective effort. That includes Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, you can find us there on Anchor looking up MTG mtgteamce as well as twitch.tv slash mtgteamce for when we stream weekly. And make sure to follow us on Twitch if you want to be entered into our giveaway for a bunch of sweet booster packs. All of us will be choosing three of our favorite booster packs to send to the winner once we hit 50 followers on Twitter.
0: We'll catch you all later. (laughs) Okay, bye.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Bye. With that with all right who's doing the social media stuff yeah. goodness oh I don't what are we that. on
0: what are we on we're on uh, patreon we're on YouTube <laughs> <now>. <laughs> we've referenced it it's like, like eight eight times. on patreon just hit that ten dollar button and uh... you know if we get two thousand dollars a month we actually get to hire an editor and maybe our podcasts and our YouTube videos will make something that <laughs> resembles sense. We're on Twitch.tv, at Team Collective Effort. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We would have been on MySpace if it was still relevant. I'm <laughs> sorry, Tom, and we're probably on Google Plus too. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, you, you don't need to project as much, by the way. Ah! It, yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, getting Google.
0: Well, yeah,
2: yeah, we are, we are. Yeah, we're <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you for that.
1: So, if you want to see what Will will do for money, <laughs> just go
2: get up Patreon. <laughs> hey, all I'm saying is 20 bucks is 20 bucks.
0: Uh, maybe I'll just mumble something in it unintelligibly and we'll get there. So, the boom event, and that's what you do.
2: You Got it. it. It's on
0: record. Sweet. Alright, so if you want to do the all real right. podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> I start
1: understand. building cards with all those decks you made. So,
2: Yep. If you were in the top 1200, <laughs> four.
0: <laughs> well, we'll
2: just let it ride. <laughs> yeah, just let it go. What? You said build all those cards with all those decks you made, or you got. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you that's mix up what... cards and No, decks. that's what I meant. 100% what I meant. It's fair, it works. It's arena. <laughs>